And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. on the beach the only place to read your emails and your tweets it's tuesday july 13th and this is another no dunks pod on the athletic network i'm jay skeets that's the homie down there in the bottom right tass mellis what's up fellas what's up tassie got my top shot hot boy coming at you once again from the other bedroom in my house trey kirby <laughs> hey yo Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery always taking it to the max. He's got a new haircut here on a Tuesday. It's Lee Ellis. Friend. Wow. Looking sharp, man. What, what you was... look Amsterdam good. Man. <laughs> crazy. You took off yes. some inches there. Yeah, I did. Look, uh, I was enjoying the long hair, but it was just starting to get a little bit more difficult to maintain. You know, it gets a little bit more knotty. you got to wash it a little bit more. you got to comb it a lot more. And I thought, you know what? I've had some fun. I've been vaccinated now, so maybe it's time just to trim it up. But uh, I'm not necessarily committing to, like, getting rid of it for good, like I used to have it short all the time. Maybe I will let it grow out a little bit longer again. So we'll see. Work in progress. Exciting stuff. <laughs> and uh, finally, making the magic happen here is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us here on a Tuesday morning. Please like and comment and subscribe if you haven't to No Dunks on YouTube. Keep your MBA and your non-MBA questions coming all week long. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. You can tweet them in at nodunksinc, or you can leave them in the comments below this video. we got a, another great batch of questions. We always do. You guys always deliver. But, 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 but. We got to start with a little international hoop. So TK shaking his head already. Lee's pumped. Yeah. Team USA falls to 0-2 in Olympic exhibitions after another loss there. This time to Australia. Patty Mills scored 22. They won 91-83 to on Monday night tasks, dropping the three-time defending Olympic gold medalist to 0-2 in this five-game slate of exhibitions leading up to the Tokyo Olympics. Uh... Wow. Are you shocked at all, Tess? I mean, the, the Nigeria loss was one thing and now another one to a really good Australian team that I'm sure we'll talk about. But, you know, Trey was a six, I think, on yesterday's show <laughs> when it came to being concerned. And uh, I saw you tweeting that you're up to a nine, TK. We'll get to you in a second. But Tess, <laughs> what's the takeaway from this? Oh, I- is, is this, uh, honestly, is this going to be legit trouble here for Team USA to, to medal in the Tokyo Olympics? Wow. To, no. Wow. Absolutely not. Of course... The world is closing the gap, especially in the exhibition portion where their chemistry shows out even a little bit more because USA has to get used to their players playing together. Is that a bit of an excuse? I guess, but it is the truth. I mean, you, uh, the uh, international basketball is just getting better. Uh, they do still have the best team in the USA, but they have to get together over the next 10, 12 days real quick to distance themselves from uh, the other squads. I, I think this... Uh, 
this two-game stretch here uh, from Nigeria to Australia shows that they are getting better. They allowed 23s against Nigeria, just 10 uh, against Australia. They were up 10 at halftime against Australia. They were leading with four and a half minutes left, but they didn't score a basket the rest of the way. I mm-hmm. think they're a little too soft inside. Uh, they got outscored by 20 points in the paint against Australia. Uh, you got you got to expect more from Bam Adebayo, who went from a starter to the bench, from Draymond Green, from Kevin Love, who has only played three minutes through these first two games. Maybe they go a little bit bigger. The worrisome part, though, is as they try and figure out these rotations and, and try to develop the chemistry that the rest of the world has, they're going to get Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday from these finals. So that also throws uh, a little wrench into the mix because the, the Olympics do start next weekend. Uh, it's not too far away. Yeah, as I said, like 10 to 12 days before the preliminary rounds start. And <laughs> some questioning whether or not they can medal. Some questioning whether or not they can advance from the pre- preliminary round. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bonkers right now, but I, I don't think they're scouting the competition whatsoever at this point. They're trying to feel it out. They were leading at the end of the game. Uh, it, it, of course, I, I mean, it's unprecedented in terms of how many games they're losing back-to-back here. They dropped back-to-back here. They dropped back-to-back in the 2019 World Cup, and that happened in 2002, the last time before that. So only three times since the professional players started putting on the jersey. So it's happening more often. Um, but I, I do still think that they are the favorite, but it, it, they have to they have to get better quick. I mean, I, I, I think they don't know their rotation like the other countries, uh, and they don't necessarily know where they're going at the end of games. Uh, but I think their defense did get better. So that's it's a... A good side, but uh, yeah, I mean, the level of worry, it's got to be escalating, TK. <laughs> Is it higher, oh, Trey? Absolutely. Turn the six upside down. It's a nine now. <laughs> I'm very, very worried about this Team USA team. It feels like the 2004 team all over again. You're just going out there trying to score as many baskets as you can, make up uh, make up points as fast as you possibly can, doing it all on your own. They don't have somebody who's really setting up everybody else uh, most of the players on this team are incredible ISO scorers who can give you a 30 a night, but they're used to going out there and trying to score 30 a night, whereas uh, the international teams are used to playing international rules, and you can see the difference in the way that Team USA looks like they're foul hunting out there in a lot of these uh, a lot of these possessions where it looks like we're trying to get the calls that would send us to the line for a couple of free throws um, here in the NBA, but... I don't know. It's uh, it's not looking good. It doesn't look like uh, they figured out how to play defense. It doesn't look like they uh, have necessarily the perfect personnel. It's going to be weird that Kevin Durant really has to play defense for this Team USA team to be good. He's probably thinking, I just show up and pot 25 shooting wide open jumpers the whole time. That would be nice, but he's going to have to be one of the big guys for him because Bam Adebayo is basically the only defender who can do something offensively as well. Draymond hasn't really figured out the international game from an offensive standpoint. So do you go with him playing defense? I don't know. I saw people saying, we got to send Miles Turner. Miles Turner was there in 2019. The problem is the best players need to sign up as they used to do, because right now it kind of feels like Jerry Colangelo is doing the thing that got Team USA into trouble in the first place. We're taking the biggest names that will say yes, rather than just building a completely great team here. Lee, are you on cloud nine right now? The Aussies (laughs) got Team USA's number, it looks like. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, it was obviously a very good win for Australia, but I think the things that the guys are pointing out here is like when I watch that Australian team and I see Deliver Dover and Joe Ingalls and Paddy Mills, it feels like I've been watching these guys now for 10 or 12 years and I know the sort of way that they lift their game and they all play together when they put on that Australian jersey. Whereas when you look at the USA team, star players as far as Lillard and Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum, all all star players, all NBA caliber. 
calibre players, but it certainly doesn't look like they've played with each other together. And I think that's the biggest difference is, uh, is, is you know, the international teams tend to have played more uh, tournaments together as they've sort of come through over their, their peaks of their career. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Durant has played for Team USA before, and I think Lillard has too, but it's hard to... No, Lillard's never played? Not Lillard. Oh, right. I don't that's think funny. So. I thought he would have. But it, it's, it's hard to sort of remember... You know that those sort of teams. I mean, you can kind of remember the Redeem team. I think it was in two thousand and eight with Kobe and LeBron and Wade, because that was like on a mission to go and, and get it. And all the big names seemed to be uh, keen and available to play. But that's not quite the case this time. You know, like Steph Curry's not there. You know, LeBron obviously, but I, I think LeBron is probably not going to play for the US before. But he has played in the past. So you know, and and also as I was saying yesterday, there, these aren't exhibition games or friendly games or anything like that. Any chance to go up against the USA, you're trying to win that game, whether where wherever you're from, because it's it's like that's like a feather in your cap to say, man, we took down America at basketball. That's it's 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 the biggest challenge still. And for a lot of teams, this may as well have been for Nigeria and Australia, the gold medal game of the Olympics. That's how seriously they were taking this game. You know, so it wasn't like like the USA is still trying to figure out a few things and Popovich is trying to figure out rotations and and who are the best lineups. Whereas Australian team coached by Brian Gorgian, who's been uh, a, a coach in Australia forever, you know, they, these guys tend to know each other and tend to know their roles. And even someone like Dante Exum, who's really struggled to sort of hang on in the NBA and get serious minutes, wanted to play for Australia desperately. And he, I thought he played well in his minutes last night. You know, mm-hmm. I thought every, everyone who was out there contributed and, and played well. Whereas for the US, it was kind of like they went to Durant, he hit some threes, but it was like they didn't really seem to have a, a, a way of scoring outside of just, hey, he's our best player. Let's hope he can uh, carry us home. I think people, the Nigeria loss was a shocker for sure, because I think a lot of people are like, hold on, is Nigeria good? Like, are, are they on the, uh, on the come up and how many NBA players do they have and all that? Like, it was like, I think for the casual, like international fans, like what? Australia is a damn good team. You, T, Lee, you've talked about it before. Like they've never medaled uh, at one of the World Cups or the Olympics, but they've been damn close. In 2016, they lost in the bronze medal game by one point, if I remember yep. correctly, to Spain. And then three years later, in 2019, they finished fourth again. Um, you know, again, really close to their first ever medal there for men's basketball. So this is like, with a lot of NBA players, and you said it, have played a lot of these tournaments together. Like, they're good. So this one shouldn't be all that shocking, really. It, it, it shouldn't. Now, that's not to say that on paper, Team USA has way more talent than anybody mm-hmm. in the world. But this is a really, really good team. And I thought they were awesome. Matisse Thibel, I thought, was fantastic yeah. in this game. You know, playing Durant as well as you can. He hit some shots, too. He had a step back three where I was like, Matisse Thibel, my <laughs> God. He kept, they kept cutting back door on this squad, too. Like, the defense was definitely lost. So since, a great since job. Since when has Matisse Thibel been Australian? That's what uh, I was I yeah. <laughs> came out of nowhere. I yeah. think, I, I believe it's his mother who is Australian. Uh, he wasn't born there, but he lived in Australia from when he was like seven years old to 15 or something mm, like that. So right. he, he's qualified for Australia. So there, uh, you go. there you go, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Stay away. We don't need you guys. Yeah. We're, uh-huh. we're, we're killing it there without you. But, but again, though, uh, so many of those like backdoor cuts and that just seem to be a facet of international basketball where teams, yeah. that ball just keeps on moving and yeah. someone just goes in there and finishes. And uh, you saw, you know, a little bit of that from the USA, but it doesn't feel like that's where they can feel they can win the game. It feels more like, again, Durant's so good, he can beat anyone, but the ball's a little bit different. I think the three-point line is shorter it's a too. It's shorter. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, Jeff, you know, close. there are yeah. rules. I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. no, there's oh, yeah. no defensive three-second rule. So, like, a guy yeah. like Gobert can literally just stay in the paint when they eventually play France. You can take the ball off the rim, of course. Uh, we saw that in the Nigerian game. Like, 
That's there are things you've got to adapt And they do call to, travel sure. as well. They do call they do travel. Call travel. <laughs> and they don't call a lot of fouls. That's the yeah. other thing. Trey said it. They like yeah. they they just call they, they call a tighter game. Uh, You're not yeah. getting those pump opposite. fake fouls out on no. the perimeter thirty feet away where you get a guy in the air and then you try and draw free throws. That does not happen in the international game. And there's always an adjustment period, it feels like for Team USA, where the big guys kind of figure out, oh yeah, we gotta Remember, we can get the ball right away. We don't have to wait for it yeah. to come off the rim. The refing is different. You know, you see a ton of travel calls, I feel like, on uh, the pump fake and go that maybe you get away with in the NBA. It always seems like there's a slow start for Team USA adjusting to the FIBA rules. And clearly that's not the case with these other teams who are used to playing underneath uh, those regulations all the time. Yeah, and I think I saw Windhorse write this today. There was a time when Team USA could just get by with average performances, and I just don't think that's the case now against a lot of these really good international squads that have a lot of NBA guys that have played together for a while. Mm. You can't like just play average basketball now. You've got to play above that. And you saw Popovich, I'm sure, Lee, yeah. talking to reporters after this game. He was, you know, he was upset with this assumption that like you should just steamroll everybody. And he got into it with this reporter who is like trying to point out, well, you've waxed all these teams over the years, but he's like, yeah. I don't care. Like, he's like, not me. My team always loses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Popovich is, uh, he's taking some shots here for yeah. sure. Cause oh, this, this, I mean, this international to, team has struggled yeah. under him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to lose two games in a row is just unheard of really for the U S uh, yeah. uh, certainly at uh pre-tournament game. So uh, yeah, Popovich is the, the easy one to sort of target right now. But uh I think he's also just trying to say, look, you know, th- those days of when the Dream Team turned up and won by 70 points and stuff like that. Yeah. That, that, those no longer exist, which is great for international basketball because, you know, since then, the standard around the world, I mean, basketball is just played everywhere and everyone, you know, you look at just uh, the last three MVPs, you know, Jokic, Giannis a couple of times there, you know, Ginobili, Paul Gasol, Tony Parr, all these guys who have been hugely uh, effective players on teams that have won championships coming from other countries. That And so results like the last two games for Nigeria and Australia are huge for basketball development in those countries because mm-hmm. people are like, man. We can, we can go out there and play with the best and mix it up. So it's great for world basketball for sure. Yeah, it's going to make this Olympics a lot more exciting. That's for sure. I'm a little more uh, excited to see what goes down, even if Team USA gets their shit together and, and even wins a couple of these games in dominant fashion. you got to like at least assume some of these squads' tasks can, can put up the fight because the, the track record over the last couple of years, no matter who is playing for Team USA, proves that. I mean, these are not, they don't kill these teams anymore. No. Yeah, they, again, they lost two in a row an exhibition right now and two in a row in the, in the world basketball championships two years ago. So mm-hmm. uh, it gives the preliminary round a little bit more juice sure. in the Olympics, which you don't really say uh, too often. Historically uh, this, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm sure we'll be doing shows about it, you know, starting, mm-hmm. you know, as, as early as next weekend. And then the week after that, uh, I, I, you know, what we're all getting at, I think is that USA needs some more grinders. Uh, yeah. They have obviously the most talent, but they need some guys to, uh, to do the dirty work. So you'd expect that to come from the center spot historically with this team. You know, we saw Chris Bosh do it where he was just, uh, you know, play D and shoot threes. And I, and I think, you know, if it's from Bam, it kind of makes sense. But, he, you know, he's not he's not a scorer right now, you know, out to the three point line anyways. Uh, Draymond's not that guy. You can play off him. Uh, and you saw that, I think, with the, the Matisse Thibel block. I mean, Kevin Durant blew by Matisse Thibel, but Delvadova flashed into the middle 
And Kevin Durant should have just shot over him, but he slowed down. I, I don't think he knew who was coming. Uh, and he, he slowed down and Thibault caught up and, and made a nice uh, recovery block. But if you have a guy like Kevin Love, for instance, stretching the floor out to the five, I think he might be the answer because these guys are used to be able to get getting into the lane where there is more space because it, it is uh, a bigger two-point area. And, and I think you need as much stretch as possible. So I'm not, I don't think it's Bam or Draymond. I think we're going to see some Kevin Love um, to, to get into the X's and O's uh, to open it up for the dudes because it's congested down there. And uh, let those if you're going to let those guys cook, you want as much space as possible. Last thing I want to say, don't boo the national anthem or the national team. That's ridiculous. There's some boos there in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. The national team, you can boo your local club or whatever, but <laughs> when it says USA on, on the front of the jersey, just relax, man. It's just weird. I just find it extremely weird. Uh, to that center position, because that's getting a lot of attention here, yeah, with with Bam, Draymond, and then Kevin Love, who's barely playing in these last two games. So, you know, Tass is saying maybe we see more of him to stretch it. I don't even, can he even play? A lot of people were upset he's even on the squad. And then, Trey, you were saying, like, you know, maybe that is an issue. And there were people saying it should be Miles Turner. It's funny, though, you start going, like, there's not that many incredible uh American centers like there's Brooke Lopez who's been on this team yeah, he was there in there's Darren Turner of course you said um you know who else is like oh I wish we had player x uh to really try and shore up the middle like who who <laughs> is, does Towns have team USA eligibility Ooh. Oh. yeah I guess yeah. Anthony Shooter Davis and is rebounder. One, Anthony Davis would injured. be a huge yeah. one Towns um, played for the Dominican Republic yeah, so yeah. I don't know if he yeah. can yeah. Uh, renounce yeah, that I'm unsure of. I mean, those would be uh, Anthony Davis is obviously yeah. a huge one. Who else am I looking at down, up and down this lineup? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brooke Lopez. I guess he's busy right now. That I don't think that that's necessarily going to get you the win here. I don't know, Skeets. Maybe you're right. Maybe I got to put in a call here. Hey, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <a good> guy. <laughs> yeah, look, they, I would do exactly what Team USA needed. Every time somebody passed it to me, I would just pass it to somebody else. Hey, man, <laughs> you take it and shoot it. That's what they need. That's what Jason Kidd always brought to Team USA. He was making the extra pass. Yeah. He was doing, you know, he would be happy to score zero points, take zero shots, and have 10 assists in a Team USA basketball game. And there's not that guy um, on Team USA right now. Yeah, it's just funny that they lose to Nigeria because they, they hit a ton of threes, knocked down 20 of them. And then this game, though, Lee, it was all the points in the paint, 44 to 24 yeah. for Team Australia. And they made a ton of shots inside, and that led to them shooting 53% overall. Um, it's almost like you think, like, Australia was ready for that. They're like, well, they're going to try and take away the three, and there is going to be some backdoor cuts, and we can go inside. And these international teams, too. They're generally big. You got some big dudes there uh, on Australia, and a lot of these squads do. And, th- and I'm just fascinated to see if Bam and Draymond and, and Kevin Love and, and hell, maybe even then more Duran at the five can hold their own against these giant dudes that it's a fi- more like we said, it's a more physical game, this international game. Uh, and then we're just left wondering, oh, my God, did they need a Brooke Lopez <laughs> or something like body that? Out there, just yeah. a big dude. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And, and again, you tend to see those big guys can now spread the floor a little bit. They're all good passes. Yeah. They're all willing screeners. So they're more than just that sort of one dimensional guy who's like just a big. It's like they all kind of facilitate each other on the offense. And again, that I think is more the sort of the European style of basketball where it's like everyone can get out there and sort of uh, play whatever position they need to do. And, and, and you're seeing that with the Australians as well. Like anyone who's out there is contributing. And if they're not, then Brian Gorgian uh, gets them off there pretty quickly. So, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was uh, 
you know, Paddy Mills just lifts in the in, when oh he puts God. on that Australian jersey. Like that that three, I, I put it up this morning that he hit over over four hands. Basically, it's the shot clock right out. That's just a classic Paddy three. Now he bricked another one pretty badly not so, not long after that when he was wide open. But uh, FIBA Paddy just can still hit these amazing shots. He's so much fun to watch. All right, let's get to our questions here. Uh, we'll see if Scola dominates Team USA in He's their still next playing, exhibition. Too. I know, 41 years old. He cut his hair like you. He's <laughs> got more gray uh, than you. But, uh, how, yeah. how long does the uh, the starters bump last? Because Luis Scola was in our studio mm. years ago. He was taking <laughs> the broadcasting cross, crossover program. Uh, he was just learning. He was just yeah. learning, and he was in, in, in the building. I don't know. Maybe he'll have a well, big tournament. Pau Gasol is playing. Yeah, Scola led Argentina in scoring, I yeah. believe, at the uh, 2019 World Cup. Oh, yeah. 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 He's, he's still good. good. Yeah. yeah. Like, he bag. could definitely uh, beast against the, the somewhat smaller Americans. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Now Very I'm first. sad. Now I'm sad. Luis Scola is going to come out and dominate Team USA <laughs> in 2021. Ugh. People in the stream team are suggesting some solid American centers. Tell me if these fellers would help. Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> unavailable JK, JK. unavailable <laughs> that's a good point they're waiting on frank to make yeah. his way uh to las vegas chet holmgren a high school guy very skinny i don't think he's necessarily yeah. helping out here Jarrett allen yeah that's a that's, that's a big a name coming game. up for yep. sure yeah like a defensive-minded big dude I, people are saying why not take the flyer on uh what is it mobley too right evan mobley sure. yeah as a possibility john collins He's, got, he's going to be a free agent. Probably would have said no in the first place. And Sep B suggests Zion Williamson. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's helping you defensively, but he's... Yeah. But honestly, it's probably just a little bit more of the same. I would have liked to get Zion there from an Anthony Davis perspective. Like 2012, where you're the last guy on the bench yeah. and you're just there for the experience because Zion's another guy who's just going to want to get the ball and try and score inside. Yeah. They need a, a pass man. Need a pass man. Need, need a, a pass man, man pass or tall man. man. That's All right. right. Well, well, yeah, it looks like we're going to be uh, talking a lot about these, uh, these Olympic tournament here with these basketball games. So uh, we'll, we'll save that for another day. We've already done 20 minutes on it, but let's get to the questions here. We are on the beach after all tests. Yeah, we got a good batch here. Hey, No Dugs crew. With the Phoenix Suns' unexpected run to the NBA Finals, I started thinking if there could be another team that could make a similar run next year using the Suns' template. A good young roster that adds a star veteran this offseason, like the Suns did with Chris Paul last offseason. Would love to hear your thoughts. Poutine, Beaver Tails, Timbits. Cheers, that's from Jacob. So, Lee, can somebody replicate mm. the Suns? Yeah, well, I think the team that shows similar promise to the Suns this season is probably the Charlotte Hornets. You know, the Suns missed out on the playoffs last season in the bubble. The Hornets just missed out on the real playoffs this season. The Suns had a young star rising player in Devin Booker. I think the comparison here is LaMelo Ball. Now, Ball's not as good as Booker yet, but I think it's a, that's the sort of same player in this scenario here uh, for Charlotte. Now, there's not a direct comparison necessarily for DeAndre Ayton um, as far as a center point for the Hornets. In fact, that's probably the biggest weakness for the Hornets, they have Cody Zeller and Bismarck. Uh, he can play for Team USA, Cody oh, yeah. Oh. Well, so could DeAndre Ayton, uh, I guess. Oh, no, yeah. no he's from the oh, he's from Bahamas. He has to become an American, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah, okay. Anyway, so, uh, you know, looking at that Suns team last season and to this season to where the Hornets are now, I think the Hornets have some good young pieces in Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, PJ Washington, Devontae Graham, Malik Monk. You know, they're all... Pretty good players at times have shown us what they can do. And Gordon Hayward is their sort of steady vet there. But who is potentially the Chris Paul for the Hornets in this situation? That gettable star veteran. And that's where it becomes a little difficult to find because um, 
how could the Hornets really get someone? Let's say, let's just say hypothetically Lillard was available, right, from the Blazers, like Chris Paul was available from the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Hard to see the Blazers saying we'll accept anything that doesn't include LaMelo Ball. So it doesn't quite work in that situation. You know, it'd be LaMelo, maybe Bridges plus picks to get that done. and But then you're sort of defeating the purpose. So for the, you know, for the purpose of answering this question, I think if the Hornets could convince a free agent vet. Now, Lowry obviously, you know, overlaps at position there for LaMelo Ball. Um, but I think someone like him on the roster would help. I think DeRozan would also help them get some more scoring. Or if they could even convince Kawhi Leonard to come as a free agent. <laughs> unlikely, <laughs> unlikely. But it's not a, it's not a great, it. <laughs> it's not a great free agent class this year. No. It's just, there's just not a ton of guys out there. And so, you know, trying to find that same comparison of that, that Chris Paul guy uh, is kind of tough, but and again, like you sort of look at someone like a Mike Conley, he's a free agent. But again, it's sort of it, it's it's you don't want anyone to take away from Lamelo right now. You need someone who can sort of um, you know uh, compliment. be compliment. That's the word. Compliment what he does. So yeah. then you're looking again. You're sort of looking for that guy, which I don't really see that guy available as far as uh, free agency. So you know, as far as getting the trade done. How could you do that without giving up one of your big pieces? And I think it's I think it's very difficult. So I think the key is here, the point what I'm trying to say is it has to come through free agency from perhaps a DeRozan. I think he would be a good help for that team to help them score a little bit. They need a big guy. But again, there's just not that guy no available. No they need a big there. guy. Well, all yeah. the guys you're suggesting are the big names out there, but they're playing the exact positions that the Hornets already have good guys at. But then you go and look at the free agents tracker. You scroll, 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 scroll. And the first free agent big man you see is Cody Zeller. Mm. So that's a tough spot for the Hornets there. The one big guy they can get is the guy they already want to upgrade. But I'm right. with you. They need basically their version of Valanchunas. Just a big badass dude who's going to be throwing bodies around. Really ups your compete level every single night, which is exactly what happened with the Grizzlies. Like, he's not the most talented Grizzly, but he was probably their most valuable player yeah. this year from a production and intensity standpoint. And that's what the Hornets need. Just a vet who takes them to that next level. I think, uh, similarly, the Bulls would be wise to kind of look for their veteran kind of guy as well. I think Kyle Lowry, if he wanted to pull a Chris Paul, let's do the JV version in Chicago, buddy. But there's a lot of teams out there who could use uh, a veteran. And the question for me is, what if the Milwaukee Bucks had one after Chris Paul instead mm. of Drew Holiday? The Bucks would be massive favorites in this series. If he played the way he's been playing all oh, season man, long, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I think that was the that was the shock. It was like Jesus, Chris Paul can can play basically the entire season completely healthy, and then into the postseason. I know he missed some games there, here and there, but uh, yeah, it's a great point. I like the Hornets too. Like the Hornets before, I think I have this right. They were the four seed before all those injuries yeah. really like hit them. Um, they they were rolling. I remember, and then yeah, Gordon Hayward and Lamelo, and it was like, ugh, and they fell off from there. That that's a good one, but I understand. Like it feels like the answer to this question, Tass. And Trey said it there with Lowry to the Bulls is like, what team could we put Lowry on to like be a you know a version of Chris Paul to take a team sort of to the next level? Is there another team in mind out there? Yeah, when you look at the free agent class, for sure, there, there's not a lot of ton of guys. But I think you know Lowry to the Nuggets could be sort of a little bit of a boost. I looked at this uh, as more of a uh, which team is really close but just needs. Uh, yeah, that that one little push. I don't, I don't necessarily think the Hornets are quite there. Um, and I and I went into the trades because yeah, as you guys are saying, 
there ain't a lot uh, when it's when it comes to the free agent class, and a lot of these guys are going back. You can you can start dreaming about Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. I, I I went to the trade route. I looked at the Miami Heat as a team that just needs a score. They need a a real one A to Jimmy Butler uh, to be the guy beside him, and I think. The Washington Wizards should do what the, the Orlando Magic did, and they sold as high as they could on Nikola Vucevic. The Wizards got to sell on Bradley Beal now, 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 now. And I think, uh, you know, the Heat have set themselves up um, to get a big guy. Now, mm-hmm. the, the the trade is is a weird situation for the Heat because it's, it's a strange one. It almost looks like we're back in 2010 for the Miami Heat when they got rid of everybody in the offseason and were able to sign... Uh, you know, LeBron, uh, Dwayne Wade, and sign and trade for uh, for Chris Bosh. Because right now, under contract next year, it's Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo for sure. Uh, and then they've got Goran Dragic, a team option. They can get rid of Iguodala, team option. Oladipo, gone. Trevor Ariza, gone. Dwayne Dedman, gone. Uh, Bielitsa, Haslam, gone. So they can somehow make this happen. I mean, they, they could, you know, base a package maybe – around precious Achua. I know that sounds a little bit nuts, but the Wizards got to go younger. They just have to. They have to cash in. And so I don't know if you can pry away uh, Tyler Hero, but uh, to make those numbers work, I, I, I think you got to do it with, with Bradley Beal. There was the extension. I throw that in air quotes that he signed in 2019. It was one plus one. Um, but it was a fun one-year experiment with Russell Westbrook, but I don't think they should. Uh, but yeah, the Frazier class... It's not that Lowry to the Nuggets. He would improve the Knicks, but he's not taking it to the ship, I don't think. Um, and I don't think he really works well with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia if they could make that work. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. Let's, I think the Heat would love to try and get uh, another guy because they, they set this up with Butler and Adebayo to do it now. Uh, they're not waiting. Uh, right. So this is this is the time. Butler is not getting young, um, you know. Unlike I, I get what uh, you know the Chris Paul to Bucks scenario is. I think they were thinking like Drew Holiday's far younger. Now we got our our, our three person team here. Jimmy Butler, yeah. bam out of Jimmy's old, uh, you know. Uh, he's, he's as old <laughs> as as can get for a star with those legs. He's got Tibbs legs, so get somebody in there now, 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 now. He's <laughs> got Tibbs legs. <laughs> Go to the doctor. Jimmy's old. Tibbs he's legs. got Tibbs legs. <laughs> it's been out of the eight for years. Oh, like uh, Arena, you got a yeah. good uh, a good Lowry destination. Where would you like to see this guy? How about in Dallas alongside Luka Doncic? Uh, that to me lo- is almost makes a lot of sense. That to me, now that I just said it out loud, somebody in the stream team suggested it. That almost does feel Suns like to me. Um, where you've got a superstar there. Yeah, it was Devin Booker for the Suns. Yeah. It's obviously Luka uh, for the Mavericks. But, I mean, it would take a little bit of pressure off Luka, right? It would, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be good for Chris Stapp's poor Zingas to have Kyle Lowry yelling at him all the time, much the same way (laughs) having Chris Paul yelling at DeAndre Ayton has improved his game this year. I think that's actually a nice fit. Shout out to whoever came up with that one. Uh, I like it. Coming it's, through with the content. I love it. It was Nate Grider. Who <laughs> well, comments I, I, now, like I said. Grider yeah. die, baby. That's why we threw your comment up twice, Oh, Nate sure. D-Flow Hoops is hopping in saying, I suggested Luca to Dallas. Interesting. Interesting. Mm, he should Luka. go. I think uh, Luca should go there. I just know that Raptors <laughs> fans on Twitter, uh, especially throughout these playoffs, Took a lot of joy in pointing out all the teams that were failing in the playoffs that could have and should have probably traded for Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. Your, your Sixers and your Heat 
mm-hmm. and your Lakers, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's probably even a couple more I'm forgetting that everybody's like, well, well, yeah, look, could have had Lowry, could have made the deal, uh, and and you didn't want to, or you didn't, you thought you were giving up too much. Uh, who knows if that's even true? Who knows if Masai was like, nah, we're not trading him. Uh, those are all great stuff, though. I love that. Uh, I like that Dallas one a lot. Now that I start thinking about it, yeah, it that's makes good. a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, also like the triple B that you got going in Miami, the Bam Butler and Beal there. Uh, <laughs> Tass, you know, I don't know if uh, Lavar Ball would be upset about that, <laughs> but cross that bridge when we get there. No, I okay. think he, I think he'd like it. Think I so? Think, oh, that's pub, baby. He would create a controversy. <laughs> Big yeah. That's true. That's true. That's three yeah. on three matchup. Let's get him in the ring. Uh, next question here. Hey, no Dunkarinos. I've been thinking about who I want to see win the finals, and I ended up deciding I want the Suns and Devin Booker to win just to see the Larry O'Brien in some aesthetic D-book Instagram pics next to a pool with those grainy filters. So my question is, have you ever wanted to see a random team or player win something just to see how they would celebrate? Thanks. That's from Matt Lee from your neck of the woods. Sunbury, Australia. Oh, yeah, Matt. Yeah, do you know You know Matt? Ah, Matt. Yeah, yeah, Matt. I know Matt. His family was the uh, third family in Sunbury to have Monopoly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. After you guys were done with it and after the (laughs) Irwins were done with it. Yeah. Uh, So, Tess, is there a random team or player you you want to win just so you can see how they would celebrate? Uh, well, Matt, Matt's right. I mean, Devin Booker, very photogenic, takes good Insta pictures. Um, but pardon my homerism for a second. But okay. uh, when I heard uh, the Deer District in Milwaukee, as they're doing right now, looks great outside the arena. Even when they're on the road, they've got in-arena fans, fans outside the arena. And they're expanding to a second section Ooh. by the arena. They're getting big. It reminded me of 2019, the great city of Toronto. If you remember, yeah, Jurassic Park was bumping right by the arena, but they had to knock down the barricades to go all the way down the street because there was (laughs) section after section after section. Not only did it expand down the street, it expanded west and east all over the country. There were at least 30 parties in different cities. Jurassic Park West in Mississauga. (laughs) Peel Street in Montreal was shut down. The Peel Pub was bumping. Uh, Rogers Square in Halifax, (laughs) way out east. JD, that one's for you. They went all the way to Vancouver. I mean, this is a local team, but the entire country was celebrating. I would say the largest surface area for any local team <laughs> ever. Yeah. You know, Canada's big. I don't know if they had one in Yellowknife or in none of it or whatever, but um, that's a lot. That's a lot of surface area. That's a lot of footage or uh, square footage they covered there. So uh, yeah, this, this isn't a national team. It's not. A, it's not Canada playing the U.S. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I wanted to see. I wanted it to, uh, Canada to celebrate, but it, I found it difficult to think of like an individual that I wanted to see get down, get down, you know? Maybe you want to see Chris Paul win because you want to see Chris Paul win or Yannis win because you want to see Yannis win, but do I want to see him dance? I guess not. I guess you, you have to see him perform like Marcus Gasol chugged a bottle of wine, but I didn't know Marcus Gasol was going to chug a bottle of wine. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could say you want the Bucks to win because you're convinced Brooke Lopez would go to Disney World right away mm-hmm. and take the Larry O'Brien Solid. with them on Splash Mountain or something like that. Yeah, which is, I mean, if they win, that's exactly what he's going to do. You can almost lock that in. Um, but yeah, it is tough. Do you have an answer, Lily, to this? 
Well, remember we've had uh, Brian Scalabrini with his uh, great uh, after the Celtics won in 2008. He was on this podium there calling it. Everyone saying, you know, how great he was. That was a great moment. Mark Madsen dancing with the Lakers. That was a great moment. I really would love to see at one point Boban win the championship. Oh, I think, good. I good think, one. I think Boban, imagine him with a bottle of wine in his massive hand wrapping it around like that. <laughs> <laughs> Get Lowry like... to Dallas. We can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Uh, but you just know Boban would be dancing. He'd have great, uh, great things on his Instagram account. He'd have so much fun. And everyone, you know, because... Some people obviously, you know, I would love Chris Paul to win a championship. Some people are like, I don't want him to win a championship. They don't want him to get that ultimate victory. But I think Boban across the board is one of the, maybe the most popular player in the world. And everyone would love to see Boban win a championship. So uh, a really good answer, actually. You know. I would love to see the photos. Just him holding it. Even. Oh, exactly. Yeah, 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 totally yeah, worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's so tiny. The Lario baby. In yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Trey, do you have any answers for this? Um, yeah, I had a bad answer, so I'm going to steal another one from the stream team here. They're all suggesting how funny would it be if the Clippers actually won the championship to watch Steve Ballmer celebrate a championship, and as FK Retro saying, (laughs) we're grabbing legs all night. Uh, Patrick Beverly would also be going wild if he ever won a championship. You would never hear the end of it if Patrick (laughs) Beverly got a title. My bad answer... I was excited uh, to see Nick Young go to the Warriors Mm. prior to the 17-18 season. You know, the Cavaliers had recently won their championship. J.R. Smith celebrated by not wearing a shirt for basically the entire summer. He got a call from Barack Obama talking about not wearing a shirt. So I'm thinking, J.R., Swaggy P., similar kind of characters. It'll be cool to see Swaggy win a championship here and then see how he celebrates. Kind of a dud, though. You know, mm. not a crazy celebration from Swaggy P. I think um, perhaps being on the team he was was a little bit different. There was a sense of euphoria, obviously, around the Cavs coming back from down 3-1. Where the Warriors at that point in 2018, it was almost more a relief that they repeated in their championship rather than just a huge celebration. So I remember seeing Swaggy walking down the hallway yelling, Swag Champ. That was about it. Like, that was his most notable <laughs> moment was yelling swag champ, which was cool. But I was just expecting bigger things. Yeah, that's fair. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. NBA champions, uh, like teams, they don't, do they individually take the LOB and, like, go back to their hometown for a couple days and celebrate for a week like they do with the Stanley Cup? Um, or is that not really a thing? Well, I, I don't know if it's uh, definitely a thing with every team member, but I know like when the Australians have won it, like Aaron Baines and Patty Mills had it in Australia and they were running okay. around Australia yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah, I also remember like Matt Bonner taking it yeah. to New Hampshire or something like that yeah. when he went with yeah. the Spurs. So. <laughs> yeah. But like the Stanley Cup, that is like a tradition. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I just saw photos, uh, some, some Lightning player obviously who, had, who just had it and was celebrating, like it got dented to hell. Do you guys see that photo oh, going wow. around? Oh, nice. yeah, they like basically destroyed it. Uh, so they have to like send it back and it gets fixed before it goes to the next guy. Yeah. Like, wow. it, I mean, I'm talking like the, the cup part, the, the yeah. top part, just demolished. <laughs> I don't know if it's dropped or something, but oh, hey, they, they put that thing through hell. So yeah. you don't want to do that to the Stanley, to Lord Stanley. You don't want to do that. Well, I mean, and the, yeah. the best thing is there's only one Stanley Cup. I know. I know. It's That's the, right. It's the same yeah. one. You know, we get replicas of yeah. uh, most other uh, championship trophies. Yeah. So I, I love yeah. it when you see the guys who like take it to the hometown, the Stanley Cup this is, and they're playing shinny or something like that and it's just 
plonked there oh, in the street. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's awesome. They do a great job. But that's the thing. That trophy is so awesome. No other trophy is even close to that. So, you know. <laughs> it's, it's the best. I think the Larry O'Brien it's is a good. fine yeah, trophy, though. I, yeah, I, I, I do wish know. it was a bit bigger. I think it's yeah. a little too small. I mean, that's the one thing the Stanley Cup has on a lot of these. It's, it's gigantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that is a replica, though. It's got to be. Well, I mean, I just know that there's only, it's the same cup, is what they, yeah. they say. I yeah, thought I, there was a guy who travels around yeah, there and, is. and like yeah. wears and white gloves. I've seen there's him. a great yeah. article. There's a great Stanley. article on him. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, Lord, yeah. Lord Stanley's son, the Duke of Stanley. <laughs> he has them because it has a, a uh, <laughs> It travels on the plane, like in a seat next to him and stuff, doesn't it? I think like they don't they don't cargo. Oh, he doesn't leave it. No. Yeah, no, it's he, like. Yeah. He's, he's he's got a great gig. He just I, I, I'm sure you're right, Tass, that there, of course, there must be one, two, three of these. But, like, you know, the Lakers <laughs> have all their, you know, championship trophies, their LOBs, like, in their whatever, practice facility or stuff like that. Yeah. You don't see you don't see that with like the Oilers having four, or the Islanders, or whoever's got a bunch of cups. Right. Like there's you don't see that because there is only one in in theory. Yeah, there's one yeah. in the Hockey Hall of Fame, which is supposed to be the Stanley Cup, and it's right there. Front what is it center. there right now? Yeah, it's always there. Okay, so then, I, that, the, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that maybe that is the one, but I, I yeah. would think that one that travels around has a ton of dents. Like that, oh, it does. I think yeah, I yeah. think Lord Stanley would love the beer being poured <laughs> into him and being knocked around, <laughs> and the character being built in there, dent by dent by dent. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, yeah, the white glove man. Uh, a great article. I forget his name, but uh, I've seen. I've I've actually happened to be on a train with him riding yeah. out of Toronto. Yeah, he's he takes it everywhere, baby. He doesn't leave his side. I think he sleeps with Lord Stanley. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure sleeps in it. Yeah, in the top part. It's pretty like big. Cat. Yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, okay, Jesus. Wow, Sorry, this made there. me laugh a lot. Graham Barker. Too many Tim Hortons have seen the Stanley Cup. No one brings it to a coffee time. <laughs> There's a reason. Somebody take the Stanley Cup to a coffee time, please. Turn it, please. Take it to a coffee time and turn it, turn it into an ashtray because you can still smoke in coffee times, I think. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Oh, that's a, wow. Oh, it's like a taco on the top now. Yep. Felt, wow. Must I don't know who did from it, like, but... Must have got hit by lightning. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, let's, uh, we got lots more questions. My God, we're really long. Uh, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Back with more questions. You guys have been great. Hello, Dinkaroonies. I just finished listening to the podcast where Lee roasted people who wear the conference championship t-shirts. As someone who has worn a 2004 Patriots AFC championship tee, brackets won the super bowl until it disintegrated and a 2010 (laughs) celtics eastern conference finals championship (laughs) tee brackets only lost due to kendrick perkins acl per dr rivers i found myself becoming offended 
Then I realized both were given to me as gifts, and I never would have actually bought them myself. So my question is, when is the time you found yourself becoming heated about something only to realize you were actually the one in the wrong? Sincerely, Jeffrey S. Boyle. I like that sign-off, Jeffrey S. Boyle. Thank you for your, your full name. Next time, let's get your middle name. Okay, so Lee is holding up his son's championship tee. Brought it across the world. He likes yep. it so much. Yeah, yeah, the Western Conference champion. So it's still relevant now. But um, look, I don't think I roasted anyone. I'm just saying it, it, it's <laughs> it's it's weird. It's got such a short 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 shelf life that t-shirt <laughs> because you either get a better shirt in a couple of weeks. Or you just don't want to celebrate coming second. That's all I said. I've just and and then it's funny on Twitter. I got a lot of people sending me in their t-shirts of celebrating basically those sorts of things where their team didn't go on to win the championship. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. I thought it was right. fun. And if you've got more, send them in. Keep tweeting them at me. I think it's great fun. So um, yeah, I don't think I, I I was just pointing out that it's it's just weird to celebrate when you've still got something else, the biggest prize out there to claim because uh, that's what you want to really be celebrating. So you know, anyway, for me. There was one time uh, I was in Rome, right? And I, uh, and I like to try to speak a little bit of the local language when I can. And it was a, uh, and it was a Sunday. And um, I went up to this guy and I said to him, you know, do you have a newspaper in English for... Uh, uh, I've given it away. Damn. Anyway, I said to him, I said to him, do you have, do you have Monday's newspaper in English? And this guy was, no, 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 parla inglés, no parla inglés, parla italiano. And I was like, oh, God, he was rude. I mean, I was trying to speak his language. I was, I was being polite, I was being friendly. And he was just like not having anything to do with what I was saying. And I, and I was getting like pissed off. So I kept saying it. Do you have Monday's newspaper? On a Sunday. On a Sunday. <laughs> and, and so I kept at him and, and, you know, so I sort of got pissed off. Eventually I walked off and I picked it. This is when we still had the Lonely Planet like uh, language editions. And I was looking at it. I was like, oh, my God. It's just no wonder he was so pissed off. I was just like saying, where's Monday's newspaper? I need Monday's newspaper. It's not here. Why won't you give it to me? You're, you're working in the biggest tourist spot in Rome. You should expect tourists who don't speak your language. And the ones who try, you should help them out the most. Uh well, not much you could do. Not much yeah, you could do yeah. in that situation. So, uh, yeah, that was a moment where I was just kind of like, okay, still need to work a little bit on the Italiano. But uh, <laughs> oh, it's always a lot of fun, isn't it? Like, yeah, I just, hey, listen, I just realised, I just realised. Well, here I am, here I am in Amsterdam and I've been saying, I've been saying Dunker to people. Thank you, right? Yeah. It turns out Dunker is only German. I've got people on, on Instagram have been saying to me, it's Dunker. Yeah. With a Y E at the end in in Dutch, and to not say Dunk so I've been like, oh okay, okay. So I have to I have to now fix that up whenever I speak to you someone. You got to go say, back and exactly, and everyone exactly, you said it to, you yeah, got to find yeah, and yeah, correct yeah. yourself. Someone no, was saying it was no. bedunk yeah as well. Like that's the a really uh, official way of saying. It. I'm like, all right, I'm just going bedunk. Yeah, the dunk. No dunks. No dunk. Dunk yeah. No dunk yeah. So you're really good at speaking the uh, the local language. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously of... not, but uh, you know, I like to think I've got a few words in the vocab, but uh, they're often wrong. So okay. anyway, you try. Okay. Yeah, that sounds very similar to the Muy Exitable uh, yeah. story, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> I think I am quite the linguistic master, but uh, <laughs> you have to do a little practice first. <laughs> uh, Tass, do you have an answer for this? Yeah, sure. I got a little quick one. Uh, I'll be 
feisty with my family, you know, a little short with a sentence or something like that. And Danielle will ask me if I'm hungry. And I will say, <laughs> no, I'm not hungry. And then minutes later, I'll put something in my mouth. It'll hit the teeth. 22 chews, as I always do. It goes down the esophagus. It hits the stomach. It's just something, something clicks. The brain, the enzymes, that it all happens. I'm all happy again. Yep. So you were hungry. She was right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like always, you know, I'm a little bit Hangry. So you get hangry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You need a Snickers. It really satisfies. Uh, anyway. Trey. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. <laughs> Trey, you got an answer for this one? I'm, no, I'm, I'm hungry. Let's go. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Same. Yeah, my answer is being hangry, too. Y'all know I walked to Shake yep. Shack. It was 100% because I was upset. And then I realized I was in the wrong. <laughs> Because I went the wrong way. <laughs> and y'all yeah. beat me there. So I was angry. I was hangry. And then I was lost and angry. And then I finally got there. And then I was angry. And then I saw you guys. And I was so excited to see you, but also so mad oh, to see so you. I just had to get me a big old burger chew each bite 22 times and let it roll, oh, man. I, I don't know. We- you should just not say anything. If you haven't eaten in the past two hours, just yeah. don't yeah. say anything. You're going to say something <laughs> dumb. <laughs> something you we're, we're nearly at the 10-year anniversary of the Shake Shack. We should, uh, we, we should go to Shake Shack yeah, to celebrate you know, the milestone. <laughs> yeah, we got Shake Shack here in Atlanta. Yeah, you guys exactly. want to go meet up? Yeah. All right. I like that. Go celebrate. We got to get Matty O back here, though, because he loves that story more than anyone. <laughs> it is amazing we beat you there. That was the best part of yeah. the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think I, walked, I think I walked completely across yeah, Central Park. You went the wrong yeah. way. Uh, Y'all had, like... Gone through the line. Oh yeah, eat. yeah. We were yeah. sitting so down I for sure. Oh, yeah. That must have pissed you off more. Too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Knowing you got that food in your bellies, and I don't. Next, next question here. Hey, Node Hunks crew, your recent glowing endorsement of standing room only sections during the playoffs in Atlanta got me thinking. Should arenas consider just straight up removing all of the seats? from a couple of sections for permanent standing room areas. It seems easier to really get hyped when you're standing instead of sitting. Like, doesn't it kind of suck to go see your favorite band in a venue where you have to sit the entire time? Burn up, summertime, drawstrings. That's from Eric in NYC. Lives right around the corner from Shake Shack, I assume. Um, Trey, what do you think about this? I think there's something to this from Eric. I think there's something to it. Because it kind of exists already, Skeetsy. They got student sections for college games. They got sixth man sections uh, for NBA games. And you're basically standing there the entire time going crazy. It's really fun to be in those sections. Uh, But like Eric is mentioning here, the difference is you're still separated by rows in in a sixth man section. Obviously, that's not the case um, in standing room only. You're all just jammed there. So that's a key component to me is, you know, being able to feel each other's bodies and kind of have to maneuver and peek your way to actually see what's going on down uh, on the court. So I think that's a big part of it. So maybe what they need is to remove all the seats and just have like large terraces kind of divided by height. So we get all the tallies in the back, medium oh. in the middle. Shorter in the front, so everybody's getting good. Because if you're going to be charging, if you're going to be charging to be in this standing room area, you still got to be able to see the game, right? That's a a big part to me. And the other big part to me that I always love um, about a standing room only is you got to have something to hit and Mm. make noise. So standing room only during Eastern Conference Finals, for me, it was the ceiling. It was perfect. Just smacking the ceiling, raising the roof as much as possible. I remember going to... 
must have been when did the Hawks win 60? 2014 yeah, season? 14, right 15, we, yeah, yeah, it was close at the yeah. start when we got here, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I remember going to that um going to the game one of their playoff series, whatever it was that year. Uh and having like whatever like the like the little fan thing yeah. they they give you. <laughs> Folded that up into an accordion sort of thing, and I happened to be sitting right or standing, you know, because play yeah. out the baby. And there's a railing right in front of me. And just smacking that thing as many times as possible. So that, that to me, being able to hit something and make a noise is a huge part of the standing room only experience. It's not just standing. You got to be able to stand and jump and then do something additional that makes additional noise. So I don't know what that is in a standing room only section. You're not just going to put, <laughs> you know, like random railings there or a very short ceiling so that people can smack it. But you can encourage it. You can encourage the extra noise. Somehow. Yeah, I think what I would like is we keep it like it is, like the seated sections in arenas. But at a certain point in the fourth quarter, in a close game, I don't know what it is, like like spikes come out of your seat and you actually can't sit on them and it forces people to stand. Yeah. Uh, because that the issue is some people want to stand. They're into the game. Yeah, generally in playoffs, it's not bad. But even then, you get people that are just like, they're too cool for school. I don't know what it is. They just want to They just want to sit down. And it's like, then, then you get into this, like you feel bad because they're sitting behind. You know, you just get into this weird like thing where you're like, oh, should I be standing because they're sitting behind me? Do I care? Screw you. You, st-. you know, you get into all that. But if we're like forced to stand, you know, people that of course that can stand, then uh, then maybe uh, that's uh, that's like a nice compromise. I think, mm. Lee. You know, you can still you can still sit for a good chunk of the game, but when 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 it gets tight, let's go here. Yeah. No, I think that's what it really comes down to is uh, the, the it feels right now still at games or music events if you stand and the person behind you doesn't want to, they're like, hey, you're standing in my way. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be reversed where it's like if you're not standing. You just you're gonna either have to stand and watch the game or the or the show, or you're just gonna have to put up with it because you can't ask someone to not stand if they're enjoying whatever it is. I mean, again, for those who are capable of doing it. So uh, that's that's where I think the issue is because sometimes you see at a game where the people stand up in front of you, then slowly everyone else stands up. But there's always it always seems to be right behind me that someone who's just like <laughs> you sit down. I'm like, no, I'm having fun. It's so much more fun though when you when you don't have a seat like those games uh, for the Hawks we went to. It's great fun. It really is great fun because you, you do ride those emotional, physical, emotional yeah, moments. The You're only like, issue with the standing room at the Hawks games was if you don't get there mad early before tip-off, you know, and, and you're not Trey's height, you're going to have a bit of an issue trying to, like, get a decent sight line at times. Like, we usually yeah. did, but you got to put some work in. Yeah, but I'm okay with that because I accept that that is just the way it goes sometimes. Sure, you know? sure. Like, you have to sort of, you have to maneuver your body to get those uh, things. But you want to get early so you can maybe get that prime position, that yeah. prime real yeah. estate. And everyone's like, ah, that guy, he's experienced. He's a ah, stander. That guy must be, uh, <laughs> must have a catheter in. That guy hasn't left in eight hours. He's been here since 12 o'clock. Uh, Tass, yeah, what do you think of this email that we got here from Eric? You guys bring up great points. I'll just add that uh, courtside, especially uh, in Atlanta, is, is one good example of the bar that they have courtside, which is just a waste of space for me. At the baseline, they have this large bar area where people are just standing, but they're not really, you know, hyped for the game. They have this this huge bar area that's taken up so much space. I would love to see something like that wiped out or in any stadium where they have some sort of fixture where, you know, people are 
enjoying a waterfall or whatever, just wipe <laughs> out the actual you know, physical thing that they have there. <laughs> And just make it a mosh pit. I mean, you don't have to, you know, you know, <laughs> rock out, but uh, you know, make it be a party section. And uh, it, it is, you know, it, it's you, you definitely have, you know, physical uh, limitations. Like you, you are standing behind somebody for sure. Your reviews impeded, no doubt. Uh, but when you know, you know. You know, when you go there and you sign up, when you're in Jurassic Park or you're in the Deer District, you're there for fun. The mm-hmm. seats should not be as expensive like they are in the uh, the standing room only is, is a good example. I think I think that could work. It's You're there more for the atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, a section where you know you're standing and you know your view might not be amazing, uh, but you're not there to for the expensive high rollers just to, you know, give the arena more money. You know, create create something that's not not lame because that section is I, I, I find that section just kind of a waste um, You're talking about that weird, the Hawks logo bar-looking yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that just does take up yeah. a ton of room. Yeah, and every yeah. stadium is is going towards like, hey, let's charge people more money f- for an exclusive area. hundred percent. That the club, uh, yeah. yeah, the club. But it, when it's on a basketball, like that's on the floor almost. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we could we could do we could we could tinker. I can understand in baseball. Yeah, you get to you know chew on your own uh, private peanuts and, and be behind the fence. Twenty-two but, uh, times. <laughs> it's twenty definitely. Anyway, moving on. All right. Next question. You got it. <laughs> Hi, no dunks crew. As the NBA draft approaches, I'm experiencing a lot of familiar feelings. One of those is the joy of falling in love with a player before he even steps on an NBA court. Then, when the player eventually does not pan out, an irrational attachment will keep you saying, "Ah, he'll be back," or "He just needs the right team." For me, this was Ben McLemore. I'm interested to know if you guys have a Ben McLemore. Have a great weekend. That's from Elias Skeets. Who's your Ben McLemore? Uh, it's another Kings player for sure. Uh, I still believe in Marvin Bagley the <laughs> third. He's uh, been in the league for three seasons now. He's only played like 120 games. I uh, missed a lot of time. When he plays, he averages, like, decent numbers. He's averaged for his career, basically, you know, I'm rounding up a little bit, but, like, 15 and 8 in 25 minutes per game. Not bad. He's only 22 years old. He's an abysmal defender. He's garbage on that end. And the Kings have generally been better when he's not out there. So he needs to work on that, especially being a big guy in in today's game. Um, But, yeah, I still believe in him. Maybe he just has to eventually move on from the Kings. Maybe he he just needs to stay healthy as a big part, of course. He's had, you know, broken hands and stuff like that before. Um, But he'll be there one more year. At least they picked up his option for next season, 11 million. So... I still have faith in him. I know he's in a crazy draft, too, where now he's become like the punchline. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Luca and Trey and all these amazing guys. Oh, Bagley, King's taking him. Ah, I still think he can be a really good player. So I'm holding out hope that maybe it's the right team he lands on and you know, or, or maybe it's just playing uh, with Fox and Halliburton like, and getting some reps in there. I still got faith, even if his dad wants him out of Sacramento. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Saying, please mm-hmm. trade oh, yeah. Marvin Bagley III. That was from Marvin Bagley Jr. Yeah, it's his dad, a junior. <laughs> that's your dad. Really weird. Uh, but yeah, that's my guy. Uh, I still believe in the bag man. I'll ask, <clears throat> excuse me, do you have a soft spot for Marvin Bagley because he came on the starters oh. and he was willing to dress up when we had our Austin yeah. <laughs> powers? And, and I've, I just screen grabbed uh, uh, <clears throat> that show because it is such a delight. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think uh, that then, comes into play. It's got a Warren yeah. eye patch. Yeah, Warren eye patch. This is, this is a awesome. young That's basketball awesome, player, young NBA player. 
It's like 19 years old probably right now. In yeah. This, in this, yeah. right? Like, he was very young when he came into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's Halloween like, uh, theme show. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, I, uh, definitely a, it is a part of my answer going with him because uh, he was so, he was just so game for it. He, I don't even remember yeah. him asking a question. Like, he's like, all right. <laughs> what the hell? I think he thought we were always dressed like Oh, an eye patch? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think he came, like, we didn't get confirmation he was coming in until late as well, yeah. I think. Yeah. So it was like, get the eye patch. Number two draft pick. Perfect. Yeah, that was great. Number yeah. two. Number uh, two. Or an yeah. eye Anyway, he's going he's gonna to still turn into a good player. I still yeah. have hope. I don't know if it'll be in Sacramento, but... Oh, see, I actually saw somebody in, I think it was an athletic article when I was just doing a little research for this. They made a great point. And, and, and before I say this comment that this person made, I think his name was Nick, if he's a, whatever, a fan of no dunks. It's like, I'm not comparing Bagley to this player, but the idea remains the same. It's possible the Kings could get lucky. And this could be, could be like a Steph Curry situation with Bagley, a player that was like plagued by injuries with good potential and then he got extended for, you know, maybe gets extended for way less than a max. And then he blooms into a really good player. I could see that possibly happening. Maybe the Sacramento will get a little lucky with that. Because that's sort of what happened with Curry. I mean, a bunch of injuries. And then he turns into, like, an MVP, all-NBA, Hall of Famer. <laughs> the level, Bagley's not going to get to that. But the point remains, you might actually get lucky because of injuries and not being able to play. Sign him to a really affordable deal. And then you, moving forward as Sacramento with Fox and Halliburton, it, it makes some sense. I was like, yeah, I can see that. Or at least I'm hoping for that, maybe. All right, who else has a Ben McLemore? Trey? Oh, I got a massive Ben McLemore. Jaleel Okafor mm. is one of my many Ben McLemores. Jaleel Okafor, uh, a legendary Illinois boy. This guy was known like as one of the best players in Illinois as an eighth grader. And, you know, he played for Whitney Young High School. He was dominant basically his entire life. Uh, number one high school player in the nation. He was winning, like, player of the tournament, all tournament teams on Team USA, uh, under 19s when he was 17 years old. Went to Duke, won a title at Duke, became the number three pick, and finally made it to the NBA exactly when centers were not allowed to be super, super slow anymore basically got processed by Philadelphia. They moved him to power forward. Jaleel Okafor was playing power forward next to Nerlens Noel. Then they were able to draft Joel Embiid, and that was basically the end of Okafor in Philadelphia. I still think Jaleel Okafor provides a team value as the fourth big guy. Just look at his per 36s this year in Detroit. 15 and 7 on 62% shooting. Jaleel Okafor is a walking bucket. Still gets buckets out there. But, you know, it's pretty crazy to think that he was, like, the biggest star in high school. The biggest star in college. And then he gets to the NBA, and his position is basically extinct. That's a just a weird yeah. thing. Just a weird thing for Jaleel Okafor to spend his whole life being like, all right, I'm going to learn post moves. I'm going to learn how to score every single time I can in the post. And then as soon as he finally reaches his destination, they're like, that is not what we value yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And we'll see him in the Olympics. I was shocked. Yeah, he's on Nigeria. He's on yeah. the Nigerian team. Lee, who's your Ben McLemore? Well, mine can't ever come back into the NBA now because his time has passed. But uh, do you guys remember Marcus Williams out of uh, UConn from like yeah. 2005, 2006? Nice really good college play. Won a championship. And he was projected to, I think, be at one point like a top maybe three draft pick. But he got into some trouble in his last year in college um, and got suspended. 
and I think his sort of character took a hit, and so he didn't. He got drafted late in the first round by the Nets, twenty second. I don't even know why I know this college player. That's how good he was, though. Like he was into my realm at the time, and I even had him in my fantasy team. I remember. And I remember specifically the day after I dropped him because he just wasn't performing. He went off and had 29 points, I think it was, for the Nets. And I was like, that's just perfectly typical. But anyway, this guy, I I remember watching, I thought, this guy is good. He's going to be really good. Uh, And he just, he only ended up lasting like four years in the NBA. Really couldn't hang around. He went to the Warriors. I think he went to to the, uh, ended at the Timberwolves, I think it was. But he was a guy who, to the end, I'm like, how is this guy not on a team? He's still young enough. And, and, and the thing that he did in college as well, it was like laptop computers. He was stealing them. It wasn't like he had a... Oh, yeah. You know, it wasn't like drugs or alcohol or something, you know, domestic violence or anything like that. It was more just like, you know, sort of a dumb kid thing to do. You know, you could easily bounce back from that. But... um Really surprised. I think he then bounced around the world. He went to China and Israel and places like that. But I thought, man, this guy could easily find some minutes in the NBA, but never really did after his uh, first, I think, two or three seasons where he was always just a sort of fill-in player. But I will always sort of go into bat for Marcus Williams and say he was way better than he showed us in the NBA. Tass, do you have an answer? Yeah, I got an answer. I wonder if Marcus Williams took Matt Austin's laptop from the uh, Turner offices, from our offices back at the Stars. (laughs) Who did it? Still don't know. Um, My answer is uh, Justice Winslow of the Memphis Grizzlies. Not letting go. I'm not letting go. I I know he's sort of faded uh, since his Heat days, but he was untouchable once upon a time with the Heat. He was drafted in 2015, played five years there. He was traded for Andre Iguodala, who was holding out after he was traded from the Warriors to the Grizzlies. He goes uh, to uh, to Memphis from Miami, and uh, he's just a you know prototypical like Swiss Army knife type guy. Like, they already have one sort of in Kyle Anderson, but Justice Winslow's far more athletic. Uh, he can you know slash and and handle, and he played five in the playoffs uh, at times for the the Miami Heat, which was nuts. Um, uh, but he can yeah he can shoot a little bit, uh, but he was not even part of the, the rotation really. Uh, at the end, when the Grizzlies went to the uh, to the playoffs and had their little run, I mean, he was healthy and and unhealthy at the same time. Uh, but uh, I'm still holding out hope. I think he's he's got that skill set. You know, it's a little Anthony Randolph esque. You know, guys that like look like they can do it all. Um, and and I still believe I still believe he'll he'll find a way to contribute at least in a rotation. I mean, he's too good. He's too good and he's too young. So I believe Bagley. Okafor and Justice Lins- Winslow. I know Lee and Marcus Williams. We named three Duke guys. Do we not there? Mm-hmm. Three Duke. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, wild stuff. All right, we got to take three one starters more starters guests as well. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah, we got a soft spot in our heart for them. You're right. Mm-hmm. They came on the show. We want to see them do well in the league. Uh, we got to take one more break, but we still have a few more questions. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house. And I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. 
It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So this Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, another No Dunks happy hour slash watch party. We got to play GeoGuessr again. Let's uh, let's fire up a round of that because I want to see if we could like Imagine we got exactly where Lee is in Amsterdam. <laughs> you can see him. You can see him getting his haircut in it. <laughs> Incredible. Wait, is that is that three inches of a man's hair laying on a barber's floor? Incredible. All right, we'll try that. Um, got another question here, guys. A couple more here. Hey, no dunks. I was listening to your last beach step and pod when you guys brought up hula hoops, and I was shocked to hear that none of my favorite hoopers knew how to hoop. That's not actually true. I said I did know how to do it. I'm not bad at it. But anyway, my whole life, my family and I have been good at the hula hoop. (laughs) So I have always been under the impression that if you spent more than a couple of minutes on it, it was easy to pick up. Turns out I'm more talented than I thought. So my question for you guys is, when's a time when you thought a situation, action, talent of yours was pretty ordinary, only to find out later that it was something unique? Thanks for all the hard work you guys put in. Shout out to Trey's Laugh for never failing to make me chuckle. Best. That's from Cole, who says he's an anxious Blazers fan. But I gotta mm. say, maybe the greatest humble brag of all time? <laughs> My family and I have been good at the hula hoop. Uh, and he's like shocked that, you know, it did sound like you guys said you struggled with it or you can't pick it up. And I, I think that's true. I think there are a lot of people like that. It looks easy, should be easy, but, you know. To get that little rhythm, get that hoop going, uh, Cole, you and your family are good at it, but uh, the rest of the world is not for the most part. But do you have an answer for this, TK? Yeah, not many people know that hula hooping runs in the family, and it goes the other way, too. Uh, I'm shit at hula hooping right now, and it appears that, unfortunately, my wife is very good. 
Laura is very oh. good at hula hooping, but looks like Daddy may have passed the hooping genes down. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, no, not a lot of swirling good. from the curbs. Yeah, I know, I know, it's sad. I actually had a little bit of trouble with this question. I was thinking back, like, when was I actually very impressive at something? I think I was pretty sick on the snare drum back in high school, but maybe that was just a very small talent pool. So how about this? Did you guys think I was really good at roller skating when we went to that roller skating place? Because I was doing laps. Yeah, you were the you. best, but we were pretty shit, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had never done it in my life. Uh, That's crazy yeah, to me. Never. Had never roller skated at all until that one time we did it. And it was fun. <laughs> but you killed us. Yeah, you destroyed us. You got it, man. Yeah. You. That's my answer. Where were we at? <laughs> good on the skates. Yes. Where were we at? Glitter? What was it called? Good. good. What was it? Sparkles. Sparkles, yeah. Sparkles. Yeah. Something Sandy like, Springs, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it, too. I'd do it again. Yeah, that was fun. I was like, this is fun. Got the we music used to do going. that yeah. all the time as kids. Like, birthday parties were always yeah. the coolest at the roller skating rink. They were yeah. great. You weren't, that good. you weren't that good out there, then. That was a little I wasn't too bad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was average. He was average. But he's uh, saying he did it man. every weekend. It was like, oh, yeah, when I was 10 years that. old, I, from 10 years old to 43 or whatever it was, I mean, I hadn't done it since, but it was yeah, great. I, I was horrendous, that's for sure. Uh, that, was, that was also my first time. I just, yeah. I, just, I just basically gave up. JD, do you think you would be like... Uh, like Trey or like Lee out there because you used to be a roller skater. I mean, you've probably you've done it with your kids though. Oh uh, yeah, I've done it a couple yeah. of times in my adult life. Uh, I, we used to do it re- semi regularly as kids. Uh, I love it. I love doing it. I'm it terrible fun. at it, but uh, oh. sounds like I could roll with Trey. Maybe, maybe you guys could roll. I'd together. love to throw yeah. down. Uh, I'm not. I'm not very no. good. No. Like uh, I can barely go backwards. Oh, you know? yeah. Like I can make my body go backwards, but not with any skill. Yeah. But like I don't know. I'll, my favorite thing. This is what I consider somebody a very good roller skater. Hockey stops. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, a nice Jesus. hockey stop. That's that's on sick. roller skates. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know, like a cool, like, like a, a cool, like a cool <laughs> stop yeah, is what I'm saying. More so than a toe yeah. drag. The, the flip yeah. and then engaging the brake, like sort of Michael Jackson pose. You know what I mean? Like so you're, <laughs> yeah. so you spin around and then you're doing like a, <laughs> and you stop, right? Yeah, like that's that's badass. I could never do that. But we also had a weird race, right? We were filming something with friends, and correct me if I'm wrong. We we had to do a lap around the rink, then take off one skate, go around the rink again, and then I think take off the second skate and just race around? Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah so, we definitely yeah. took off one skate. Did we take them off both? I maybe? couldn't remember if we took off both. I feel like I we did. So. Yeah, but maybe. Gotta find the footage. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. And it was... Uh, I, I, Trey <laughs> killed us, did he not? Or Lee, were you in it? I don't remember. I think I, I won, won actually. Thing, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think yeah. I botched it on... Uh, I, I was not good on one, one foot. Yeah, I'm a yeah two that's foot, right. That's yeah. right. One foot jumper, two foot yes. skater. <laughs> anyway, that's a great answer. I, I really struggled to come up with an answer to this question, that's too. Tough, Does yeah. anybody else have one? Lee, anything come to mind? Well, just when we used to, uh, before the show on the starters, kick the Australian rules football in the uh, studio there. And yeah. uh, I know, you know, a few people sort of thought kicking a ball, you know, you can't really control it. But I was able to kick it without doing any damage. A few other kicks. Uh, I remember Sharon, the uh, audio technician down there, she kicked at one time right into that big screen. That was kind of fun. (laughs) But uh, I never did any damage as far as kicking the ball into any equipment or anything like that. So, uh, you know, I think that was surprising to you guys that I was able to control it and not uh, boot it around. (laughs) 
Did you make a? You made a shot. I feel like with it. That was so. Yeah. But that was actually with a mini ball. I only had the mini ball at the time. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. You kicked it from the three point, an NBA three point yeah. line. You kicked yeah, yeah. it. In. I don't remember you taking that many attempts. Either. Took a few. Like, took a few, but not. Yeah, not tons. No, not a yeah. hundred. I mean, yeah. you took like five or something. Yeah, yeah. you splashed it. Yeah, okay. you're gonna see that uh, in the feed, Twitter feed, then this afternoon. I'll uh, put that in there and let everyone see it again. Okay. <laughs> also, Sharon, Sharon was a camera operator. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Surely worked on Are her show for about six years. Sharita, maybe. Maybe I'm thinking of Sharita. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sharita, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, okay, I think fair enough. That, that's an easy confusion yeah. there. Very similar names. Yeah, that was yeah. it. They they all had instructions to constantly film you because I knew that it was gonna <laughs> something was gonna happen. Oh, and I just wanted to have it on. <laughs> like when we come on the air on live TV and the Trey's big monitor is busted, we have yeah. to show the film yeah, of what why? happened yeah. moments before. Never happened, unfortunately. Yeah, but, shocking. Uh, yeah. Also, Lee, I, you know, I, I saved you a couple there, some uh, some good hands on me. You were going to be hitting some cameras for sure on a couple of your kicks. That oh, was well, snagging yeah, them in. I think then I uh, I taught you well then, Skeetsy, didn't you I? Did. Really? You, you know, did. you got those hands nice and sharp. That's what it's all about. Really. Remember when we used to have like full on basically basketball games before our show? Yes. <laughs> Free throw battles and like uh, it's pretty funny to think about. We'd be like sometimes like sitting down all sweaty, <laughs> like makeup artists be like, "What the hell have you guys been doing? <laughs> uh, just playing one on one for twenty minutes before we're supposed to Quick sit game. down." Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, Tass, do you have an answer to this? No, not really. No, no. No, no. Let's, let's <laughs> I could. I mean, I'll, I'll save it. I'm going to save mine for uh, another beach step in five years from now. So. Oh, that's a good idea. These yeah. questions, Perfect. they come around. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Cyclical. I got it oh. banked. I got to save it in my notes. All right. Uh, last question here. It's a callback to uh, a moment on Lee's trip that he's currently on. Hmm. No dunk dunks I'm proud to say I'm the owner of a Yankee Stadium popcorn bucket, as mentioned in <laughs> Lee's lengthy retelling of his trip to the stadium. We bought one in a panic to keep our then seven-year-old daughter occupied when she decided she was bored with baseball in the second inning of her first in-person game. The bucket will hold 23 cups of popcorn. You're seeing the bucket <laughs> alongside a measuring cup if you're watching on oh, YouTube. Oh and the, That's a one-cup wow. measuring cup? Yeah, it that looks kind of small, oh my I guess. Oh, my but goodness. that's because it's in comparison to a monster, and from that angle, it looks, it looks like a small measuring cup. But, yeah, that's a full cup, 23 cups wow. in that bucket. <laughs> and the best part is that you get free refills for the rest of the game. <laughs> Not only was this our daughter's favorite thing about baseball, but she insisted that we haul the bucket back with us on the 45 minute subway ride to the hotel and then the eight hour car trip home the next day it sat in a cupboard ever since thanks for all the entertainment and enjoyment that you've given us through the season enjoy the finals turn up love you guys awesome that's from dan in norfolk virginia (laughs) well what do you think lee i mean you see it there that's pretty similar to your experience yeah the funny thing is the uh popcorn that i remember was in the big just plain yellow big bags of it i didn't actually remember seeing like the sort of yankee uh you know like style yeah that you can take home with you yeah yeah I, mine was just like seeing people just like you know you know when you got far too much luggage at the airport and you're like yeah just trying to carry it around like that but uh i mean who's going for refills plural of popcorn? well here's what we should do next time we go to a baseball game yeah. right joel's gonna be coming down here so we're going to a baseball <laughs> game in september at some point uh Let's just get our entire section, all right? Like, let's just all go in on one popcorn. Right. 
and just uh, go get a giant one and like let's just bring like I don't know like Ziploc bags or something or plastic bag whatever so okay. that we can just like go get a giant one then like divvy it all up hand it out to our rows in our section someone go get another like why not <laughs> sure sure <laughs> popcorn yeah. rack yeah exactly <laughs> exactly because that is uh that's insane the size of that ah um, uh, yeah but. I mean, what are 23 cups? That's 20, right. Yeah, 23. That's yeah. a gallon and a half of popcorn. <laughs> One and a half gallons, and you can keep going back for more? What a deal. Also getting reports from Greg and the stream team that you can bring the buckets back and fill it up oh, for okay, half good, price good. at Reuse. another game. So, Skeets, if we got yeah. a double header, man, we go to one, we get a whole section of popcorn. Then we do it in the second inning and the yeah. third inning. And then we do it in the whole second game. We're going to be rolling. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for sending that in, Dan. Appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for sending in all your questions. Keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. You can tweet them in at no dunks inc. You can leave them below this YouTube video if you want as well. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Smash that like button. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here on a Tuesday morning. Lee, you're looking good, man. What do you got planned in Amsterdam uh, for today? I know it's a little bit later in the day there. But what are you doing tonight? Yeah, well, we're going over to the park, over to Vondel Park, kick the ball around, uh, chase some uh, pigeons, and uh, feed some ducks. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, you could have done that here. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's different. The weather is just perfect. Uh, the pigeons are here. different. Perfect. They're tougher to catch. Perfect. perfect. Is it nice? Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic weather. The best okay. weather you could hope for. So, what's the yeah. number one thing you have like on the to-do list while you're in Amsterdam? Well, we leave Amsterdam tomorrow morning. Actually, we're going to Copenhagen to go to the Lego uh, Museum in. Uh, oh, in there it Billund. is. Yeah, yeah. That's what the that's the primary destination for this trip. Going to the Lego and letting the kids go crazy there for a couple of days. So uh, you're a real Ben Gulliver, are you? Yeah. Oh man, ben, I've been thinking about Ben Gulliver. You should see some of the Lego we've seen here in Amsterdam, man. It's crazy. Crazy, yeah. So like hopefully, give me one example. Well, well, yeah. like, like you can't just yeah. like these uh the the technic stuff right now. You can buy a big excavator that like really turns around and has all the moving parts and all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, some of it is like eighteen plus as well. I've seen some eighteen oh, plus Lego. Oh, sexy yeah. time, yeah. Yeah. man! And it has like the little. That's not a truck. And it has like uh <laughs> expert level building on it, um, as well. You know, so uh, so uh, oh. yeah. Uh, Oh, all right. Yep. <laughs> what is going on, man? I, no, no, no. See, this is um. I bought getting another delivery at home. Nah, 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 nah. I picked. I picked up. I picked up. A, I, um, I picked up a new phone for the uh, for the Wi-Fi hotspot, and it's calling now. So I don't even know. What, uh, I don't even know what my number is. But anyway. All right. Well, we'll let go of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get you uh, all set up for a game for the NBA Finals on Wednesday night. So we'll see you then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Skeets and Trey are in the same house. Embrace the day, people.